welcome in to the CHGO White Sox Post Game Show. Coming to you live from Studio A of our CHGO offices here in the West Loop of Chicago. I'm your host, Sean Anderson. We got the full CHGO White Sox crew with me. That's Vinny Duber, our CHGO White Sox beat writer. You can follow him at Vinny Duber. That's Herb Lawrence. Hello. Our CHGO White Sox community leader. You can follow him at Ecknerwall23. You can follow the show at CHGO underscore White Sox. And you can follow me at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. Our uh, guy, Steven Nicholas, is hanging out with us uh, late into the uh, wee hours of a Friday night. Uh, it's 10, I mean, 15. It's yeah, it's 10, 12. Well, let's, we let's, don't work on, on Friday. game was <laughs> quick for a 15-run yeah. game. Two yeah. hours and 20 minutes. We're coming to you live after a White Sox loss. The Sox scored one of those 15 runs. Uh, they lose 14 to one. What? They scored the first one. They did. They got off to a hot start. 14 unanswered. It was all downhill from there. Uh, Elvis Andrews had a nice game. And yeah. that's it, everybody. We're going to talk to you on uh, Sunday. Um, <laughs> Nothing else happened. This has yeah. been your Elvis Andrews update. Oh, and we needed it. Uh, Herb was just tanking. Uh, the legend. Now 100 career home runs, over 2,000 career hits. The active stole. What else do you want from Elvis Andrews? His name is Elvis, too? His name is Elvis. Yeah. There's 50 million Elvis fans. They all can't be wrong. I want him to be on a different team. <laughs> do this for a different team. Because as you see, a three for four night, still get that ass tapped. Yes, they did. Um, we're going to talk mostly about Michael Kopech, uh, who got rocked in Colorado. Uh, it was never smooth sailing for Michael Kopech at any point. Uh, walked the first guy, and then uh, I think he gave up a homer to the second guy. Um, and then it just five runs in that first inning. It was uh, it was all low. Um, what are we taking away from this Michael Kopech start? Because we joked during the game, and I think before, that this is a developmental year for Michael Kopech as a starter. We all thought that was 2022. But it does seem like with each start, more and more cracks are being shown in Michael Kopech, the starter. It's just that these questions that we've had about what his future looks like four years now – for perfectly understandable reasons, right? The the limited playing time that he had due to the injuries, due to the season uh, taking off the COVID season. Um, you know, we it made sense that he had to build up, but he hasn't built up to anything impressive at the moment. And so the questions remain unanswered. And the what is Michael Kopech going to be going forward for this team question is still gigantic. And we look ahead to next year. They've traded away Lance Lynn. They've traded away Lucas Giolito. Uh, Mike Clevenger has an option that uh, both sides need to agree to. That might not happen as he starts to pick things up here in the second half of the season. They got Dylan Cease. They got Michael Kopech. They got three open spots. And if Michael Kopech is a complete question mark, that leaves four spots that you are uh, – let's say, concerned about if you are a White Sox fan or if you are the White Sox right now. Um, someone's got to make starts for this team next year. And if Michael Kopech starts look like that, granted that was the extreme, but he's had a lot of those kind of moments this year, um, then that contention that was deemed viable by Rick Hahn at the trade deadline uh, is looking less and less so because you need some starting pitching. And uh, right now, Michael Kopech is not... At the, at the bare minimum, he's not looking like a guy that you can guarantee is going to be able to get the job done next year. Michael Kopech this year has pitched 22-plus first innings. He has given up, including today's game, 20 runs and seven home runs in those first innings. Like, he's been bad this year, or bad is a little far. He's been 
underperforming this year. Bad, I don't think he's been that because the ERA still plays. He's still like a league average uh, ERA. It's plus. up over five. Yeah. His ERA is over five. Yeah, now. ZR, but his, I think his ERA plus is in the nineties, right? Well, it was. Yeah, it, it was before the game. Yeah. Yeah, so, then so he gave up nine runs in so four innings. Bad, I guess. I don't. Maybe a little too harsh, but also maybe right on point. But that's the third starter next year. I mean, right now he's the second. The se- yeah. 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 So they have to find a way because he's. I think traditionally every year usually struggles early. I remember Lucas having this bugaboo a couple of years ago where he couldn't really get anybody out in the first inning, then he'll settle down and get the job done. But there's got to be something in how he goes about planning for this game to get absolutely demolished in the first inning of this year because all the rest of the innings, except for the fifth, he's been pretty solid. And I don't know what's going on with his preparation for a game I mean, you walk the first hitter, it's you're already in trouble. And he's probably all in his head. It's like, Michael, come on, we need to do this, that, and the other. And then the second pitcher, second batter just takes him deep. And so it's just like, oh, my God, it's the same old thing every day. And that's, I think, the one of the things that goes with Michael. He's an emotional player. Like, he takes everything that goes on with the game. Like, you could see it physically on his body. The body language is just defeated. He needs to be a little bit more like Dylan Cease, who I think is just cool, calm, collected. Whether highs or lows, he doesn't very rarely shows any emotion. He's a regular pitch bot. Yes. <laughs> throw a strike. Here's I a slider. Am, I am pitch bot. <laughs> Try to hit this. You can't. <laughs> um, but I don't know what they need to do with Michael Kopech because you can't go into next year having this guy be at the top of your rotation. Not at all. And as Ozzy was alluding to, he's never transitioned from being thrower to pitcher, even though his miles per hour has gone down from high 90s to mid 90s now, and now sometimes in the low 90s last year too. So I don't – I'm flummoxed by how bad he is. That Colorado team in the pregame were like, this team, I don't know half the people. And those people demolished him. Like, who are these guys? I've heard of Tovar before. But he shouldn't be crushing you like that. It's just shameful. And on the other side of Michael Kopech, and I know we're going to talk about the hitters, they got four damn hits. Off Ellis of, got three. Well, off three of, of them, two of them. Off Peter damn Lambert. He's not that good. He's worse than his brother, I think. Slightly. Slightly. Um, the Kopech thing that you – I mean, we talked about it in pregame, and I was a little bit too bullish – on Kopech, uh, but you look at the stuff, uh, 39 four-seamers, 31 sliders. I thought that he would throw more of his four-seam fastball, but as you mentioned, as Ozzy mentioned, uh, pitch velocity was down today, 1.7 miles per hour uh, average velocity on his four-seamer, uh, minus 2.5 miles per hour on a slider. I'm not sure Oof. if that's because of the Colorado air. I'm not sure if that's because he's kind of crappy. Uh, last 11 starts, 13 home runs and 44 walks. Uh, oh, so God that's not geez. good. It's too many in both of those categories. Walks. Yeah, 44 oh. walks. I mean, he's. I don't think he qualifies uh, uh, for innings pitched on the actual Fangraphs leaderboard, but he is second in Major League Baseball in walks. Behind second in walks uh, by only two, I think. He's up to 70. Was it 74 walks on the season? Maybe, somewhere I think in it's there. 76 70, now. I'm sorry. 76 walks. Blake Snell is 78. Yeah. He is uh, second in walks. He is second in homers allowed. Uh, he is at uh, 28. And guess who's at 32? Lance Lynn. Lance Lynn. Yeah. Former hmm. White Sox. And guess who didn't give up any home runs last night? 
Lance Lynn. Lance Lynn. Yeah. They went seven strong innings, a, a shutout ball. Against so Michael, Michael's closing the gap. Man's been filthy <laughs> yeah, in four starts out thing. there. What's that? Lance Lynn's been filthy out there in L.A. Yeah. in his four starts. Well, I, I jokingly said after his first four innings uh, that he was having the time of his life because he was throwing like 70% forcing fastballs, um, and then he gave up three home runs, and he was like, oh, uh, in the seventh inning, like the A's hit three homers, and it's like, oh, is he really living his best life? And now he's had like four good, stri- uh, four good straight starts, throwing seventy percent four seam fastballs. He's just gearing back and throwing ninety three. So what do he cut out? Cutter. I mean, makes um, sense. So uh, with Kopech though, we didn't see a ton of the fastball. We saw more of the slider than we're you know used to. Um, he's usually around sixty two percent four seam fastball. He's around fifty one percent tonight. Um, over forty percent, forty one percent. Uh, using the slider, um, and that slider got hammered. I'm pretty sure all three homers were on the slider. Um, and you look too at called strike plus whiff. He really wasn't able to get any swings and misses. Only four on 17 swings. Only three called strikes. Um, the pitch selection was odd, but it just seemed like he struggled again. And I don't know if it's just his body isn't ready to do five innings of baseball over 162. I mean, we talked about this with Andrew Vaughn last year. Just can he actually go through the season because see, we see in 2021 around August, he kind of sputters out and loses all this power near the end of the season. We kind of see the same thing in 2022. Um, that was a big question coming into 2023 was Vaughn's stamina. But I do wonder if Kopech has ever built it up because again, he missed all of 2020. He missed uh, 2021 as a starter. I don't know if he has that starter capability. They might have to get creative and get you six starters and have, you know, Kopech come in after somebody um, as an opener and see, you know, can you give us four to five innings, Kopech? Yeah, I, I, I'd push back on that only because he was there. These kinds of games were happening early in the season, too. It's not like it was like, oh, Michael Kopech's a Cy Young candidate, and then August 1st rolls around and he, you know, turned back into a pumpkin. Like, it's a, it was a, you remember the home opener against the Giants. He got, oh he got rocked. God. Right, forgot about uh, that. Uh, that game against uh, the Reds in Cincinnati, gave up four home runs. Like, those were early in the season games. And, so this is not – I don't think this is a stamina question right now. I think, if anything, his body has been pretty good all season long. I mean, there were there was that little bit uh, – there was one time where he had to go on the injured list, if I remember correctly. Yes. But other than that, he's – posting has not been the problem. The problem has been getting pitches in the strike zone. The problem has been keeping balls in the yard. I mean, that, that, first, that first battery faced – just all outside. Everything's yeah, outside. Like it's like pitch, I think five pitches. You got You got I mean, you got to challenge the guy. The, the the stuff. We know that Michael Kopech has really good stuff. Why is he not going after the guys again? I'm sure that's. I'm sure I'm not the first person to bring that up. I'm sure Michael Michael Kopech knows that's what he's supposed to do. But you're not seeing it. And uh, you know, it's it's. They always talk about executing, right? The, the pitchers always talk about execution and trying to do what they're trying to do. It, it's not working, and we've seen it. We've seen that not happen for Dylan Cease at times, right? When he's had games when he's walked too many people. For Michael Kopech, it's been a season-long issue. Um, you know, I see a lot of people saying, "Oh, he, you know, put him in, put him back in the bullpen, make him the closer." Herb, you just read the first inning stats. Bad. Like it'd be one thing if he went out there and dominated the first inning, and then we're talking about a stamina issue where it's like, "Oh man, he can't make it into the third or the fourth without without getting hit around or without losing the strike zone." He's getting knocked knocked around in the first inning. Right. So he's he's just not pitching well, and he'll be the first person to tell you that. So it it's been it's been uh, confusing as to why he has not taken that next step. 
Um, but again, as I was talking about earlier, this has become less of a, wow, why are we seeing this this year question and a, wow, how are they going to prevent this from hurting them the next time they're trying to play meaningful baseball games come next April? Yeah, and just to add to the comments too, and uh, you know, if you guys are new or anything like that, and Austin's not, but uh, make sure you're hitting that thumbs up button. Uh, make sure you're commenting and join this uh, big and growing community we got here at CHGL. Um, we are uh, very appreciative that even though on this late Friday night we still got people joining us to talk about a 14 to one loss about a team 26 games under 500. So we do appreciate it. Uh, you guys are true diehards. But uh, Austin saying when will he show his uh, quote unquote really good stuff? And we did see that last year in 2022. His four seam fastball was a top 10 pitch for starting pitchers last year. Spencer Strider, Garrett Cole, Corbin Burns, Hunter Green, Blake Snell, Dylan Cease, Christian Javier, uh, Zach Wheeler, Michael Kopech. Like, like I'm, I'm, this, the fastball is there. We haven't seen the slider and changeup develop. And I guess that is the frustrating thing because we did see that clip from spring training where Grandal's like, oh, your changeup's really looking like it's a true fourth pitch. And we haven't really seen that curveball come around this year. And that was his second best pitch last year. So it does seem like... He, you know, that pitcher, not a thrower thing is true. It just seems like he is relying on how fast he can blow past his four seam fastball by guys. And then hopefully they're just looking for four seamers and that will throw them off the changeup or the slider. But um, the, the other stuff outside of that four seam fastball have not been there for Kopech. And again, he got absolutely hammered in that first inning um, on that slider because he wasn't able to locate the four seam fastball in the zone. So what are you going to do? Um, I was looking for games earlier in the year when he dominate where those had 10 strikeouts but there's four straight oh. games in may 19th through june 4th where he had 10 strikeouts nine strikeouts 10 strikeouts nine strikeouts and only walk four people in that stretch so that's the frustrating part about michael kopech you know what's in there you know that that guy who is supposed to be a top of the rotation pitcher is in there i think at this point it's mental you know, the, the, it's culmination of everything. Like, the year's been bad for the White Sox. He hasn't hit his potential. It's still a development year for him. And then once one thing goes, the other thing just snowballs, and then he keeps on continuing down the hill. And it's so sad to see that he has the potential to be better than this, much better than this. But I don't know. I'm sure the White Sox have worked with him with a, with a psychologist, a psychiatrist to get into his mind to unlock the sports performance that he needs. But it's just not working right now. I don't know what he needs to go and do, but he needs to find some alternative methods to get his mind unlocked because the pitcher's there, but he doesn't show up often. Well, and you bring up the the good stats, or at least the the, the stats from that that run in May. Um, you you also kind of look at the opponents because. Six of his 23 starts where he's gone, huh? This is a oh, bad I know. Oh, I know, you mean good like, opponents? Uh, six out of uh, his 23 starts, uh, he's gone six or more innings. Kansas City, Cleveland, Detroit, Minnesota, Cincinnati, before they started going on that run and before they called up Ellie Taylor Cruz on May 7th, uh, and then Pittsburgh early on in the season. Like, I mean, when and he has... that Cincinnati game, he gave up four homers. Right, and yeah. he mainly <laughs> pitched because they were up, you know, by a touchdown. Um, so, like, that was... I don't know. Like, we just really haven't seen him go out and have, like, the performance that we were foaming over last year where he goes and just shuts down the Yankees lineup oh, yeah. and is goes seven innings and he looks brilliant. So, like, that pitcher hasn't been here in and yeah, And that's the thing which will keep Michael Kopech employed by the White Sox because of the hope that he can get back there. And I think that's a lot of the White Sox, either with the injury uh, history with the White Sox haters or with – how performance has been bad with Tim. 
Like they're just holding on to that better players inside there. Let's hold on to him and make sure that we get that better player unlocked in the future. And I think he'll be here next year doing the same thing unless he has does something different in the offseason. And the White Sox have to dedicate time to him to develop something else because it's not working. Fastball, slider, curve, whatever he's throwing, it's not working. He, if he just goes to two pitches, I think it would be a little bit better, even though pit hitters would probably see him a little bit better. But that fastball, when it's working, you said it, was, it has like one of the best rises last year. I don't know what it's doing this year, but that guy is in there, and I'm just so frustrated to see a terrible pitcher on the bump today. And that is consistent theme with him. And when he does pitch well, it's like a no-hitter, but he's walked four. Yeah, right. And it's in the sixth inning. It's like – it's never consistent. It's never just, I'm just blowing hitters by, or I'm just letting them hit the ball on the ground. Develop something else, because this, what you're doing right now through your career, is not working. It's not going to get you a second or third contract. Yeah, it's, it's tough to see any confidence in Kopech, but again, in 2024, I don't know how much confidence there is, because you talked to Lucas, um, and he said, you know, a, a part of the big reason why he has faith in this organization or is like this organization was because they trusted him when he went through those ups and downs. Worst pitcher in baseball in 2018, and then he bounced back in 2019. Similar pedigree to Kopech, being a first-round overall pick, um, being a guy that they acquired in a, a very important trade. Um, when Han says that contention's viable in 2024, um, but there's much to do, obviously Kopech is like one of those like big much to do parts because he's going to be in the rotation and they need him to turn this thing around ASAP uh, because if they're not like if he doesn't it's really tough to see them being viable contenders in 24 well and not yes that's true but I mean not only that like not only that like macro thing like Kopech just needs to be good in order for them to be good next year but like the idea being if these guys were pitching up to their potential right now Cease Kopech, and you're going into next year with a one and a two in your rotation. They can they, that makes a big deal for their for their offseason because they don't need to go and necessarily break the bank. Even though three starting pitching spots is a lot, and you kind of have to spend a lot of money to fill those, but they don't necessarily have to go break the bank on an ace or a, or, or a near ace to to t- put at the top of that rotation because you got two guys that are already going to slot there. If Michael Kopech is pitching like a fifth starter at best. You need to go out and get a two, three, four. That's going to cost you more money. That's going to prevent you from allocating those resources elsewhere. It's going to affect the entire offseason. They're going to go into the winter. I mean, if this is the the guy who's going to pitch the rest of the year, again, this was an extreme tonight, but even if he's just not markedly better than this over the remaining month plus that they've got to play this year, they're going to go into the winter saying, we have we have a number one starting pitcher. We don't know what the rest of the rotation is looking like because we don't know where Michael Kopech is going to fall. So if they're going to have a contending pitching rotation, they're going to need to go out and get better pitchers than they would have had to, perhaps, had Kopech been pitching up to his capabilities. I couldn't agree more. It's just, but I mean, do you not do you, I mean like I mean, I'm I'm a pessimist. Yep. I'm bitter. You yep. know this. Uh, yep. Like Cease Kopech. We think Tukey and Jesse Schultons. Like, do you do you I think, think one that of those the, two? You think one? So, so you're kind of with Vinny that they they would need to add if Kopech is a little bit rocky and is more of that fifth starter. I think any way you put it, they're gonna add. They're gonna need to add because I don't know if Clevenger's coming back if he's pitching like this. He's not just taking twelve million if he can get something better in the open market when 
on this market, I think he can definitely get something better. And if the clubhouse is having, you know, problems with culture, why would he want to stay there? He might as well go somewhere else and be on a better team and get paid a little bit more. So then you have three spots you got to fill. And if Kopech's like this, I would even go for four people because you can't have that every fifth day. You can't have what he does on a regular basis this year every fifth day because you're going to have to tax your bullpen like they did today. You're going to have to baby him. It's another development year, which is ridiculous for a guy that's been in the league for four years. I know it's been sputtering and with injuries in between there, but he should be much better than he is right now. And I would I would think the White Sox would have to dedicate at least at minimum three spots to going and signing and or finding a trade partner to bring in a starting pitcher because seeing that is just disappointing. And I know people are like, well, it's in Colorado. Pete Lambert didn't do that. And I think the White Sox lineup is slightly better than that Colorado Rockies lineup, and they were seeing him perfectly. Yeah. And what about you? What do you think? What do you, what do you think they have to go out and get tomorrow, next year? Do you think only two? You think they're bringing Tukey and – is Jesse Schulten's back. They're cheap. Oh my like, god! I, I think no, so. You Absolutely, can't. you cannot. Yes. They cannot. Well, Not even if, them. If Schulten's keeps pitching this way, yes, I think they're tied to Kopech because again, we know that they love first round overall picks. Brent Honeywell's been brought in. Uh, who else? Uh, Patino has been brought in. Uh, my guy Andrew Benatendi. I mean, we can go back. Um, they they do love those those first round. Um, pedigree players maybe those players just last longer and are available to last uh, around longer because they do have those pedigrees i don't know um maybe that's just something i am annoyed with with the white Sox, but maybe it's a little bit too um (laughs) flaherty montas cueto syndergaard i wouldn't hate an upgrade in numerous spots it would be but that's the thing is like montas is coming off of i think arm issues Mm -hmm. i'll be generic as possible i don't know if there's been a ton of word on what he's actually dealing with syndergaard is bad like Syndergaard should not be a major league pitcher anymore with the way that he throws um and Cueto Cueto is actually the second best option I think Johnny Cueto could bounce back he's been okay in Miami he's been great but Flaherty back with his uh, high school coach I would well Flaherty seemingly is the best if Flaherty can throw 97 like he did that one start his first start against with the Orioles against Toronto he was throwing 97 and everyone's like where the hell did this come from and then he faces your Padres and gets lit up through like 86 pitches in the first two innings. Um, if, if we're getting 97 mile per hour, Jack Flaherty, sure. But again, like all of those guys have their own flaws. But also Kopech has a flaw also, and he's cheap and he's already on your team. You have to do a move. Like I, I think that they're just going to likely maybe find three guys to fight for a fifth spot, which is, you know, basically, you know, if you're three for the price of one. Listen, Jesse Schultz has looked good. He's yeah. got a, what, a 320 ERA. He's looked good. Tuki Tucson has been fine. If you're going in to 2024 <laughs> in a year that you're trying to contend and your starting rotation is Cease, Kopech, Schultens, Toussaint, and three and some and someone else, you are not contending for the AL Central. No. Well, but yes and no. Because I mean, you might contend for the AL Central because it's the AL right. Central, but that's not what I mean. I, I mean, mean that is has. a rotation. That is a rot- and then and then you have no safety net. Your safety net is all the guys you currently have in Double A, who you have no idea who's going to pan out and who's not. You know what I mean? Like Cleveland's got like four of those guys in the rotation. Like four of their guys, their guys right now are rookies. Yeah, but I can trust on them developing those pitchers. Right. And also, they're not going to make the playoffs. 
Thanks, that's Jesus. True. <laughs> yes, they, no, they won't. Um, so that's fair. I, I, I don't know. I just, it, it seems like they, they, I don't, I don't see a reason to get rid of Kopech. Maybe they, maybe and, he's, maybe he's fifth Toussaint. in the rota- rotation, but Schultons and Toussaint should be the guys competing for a fifth spot. Yes, they shouldn't be penned, inked into next year's thing. I'm just talking about in terms of the level of talent you need to have in a starting rotation to compete for and win a division and make the playoffs to be a playoff team. You're throwing Jesse Schultons in game two of the of a of a playoff <laughs> series. Well, if yeah. I mean, like, again, like, I feel like we don't know what they're going to set their budget at. I mean, yes, they might need to add talent, but, again, how many how many dollars do you actually have to get that talent? Like, Well, no, and that's like, a perfectly reasonable you know, question. And, I mean, I think that's why we haven't really said sign. You know what I mean? It's yeah. just you have to go get someone by any means necessary kind of thing. Like, and if... Again, it's going to be difficult for them to make a trade. It's going to be difficult for them to do. I'm not saying it's going to be easy. I'm saying if they are going to, Rick Hahn said contention is viable. If it's going to be viable, they're going to need a better starting rotation than that. Well, I, I know yeah. two guys that are, I mean, I know uh, Matthew brought up uh, Flaherty, Cueto, Syndergaard, and Montas. There's two guys that I think could possibly help the White Sox rotation, Lucas Giolito and Lance Lynn. Thankfully for them, uh, Lucas Giolito's having a worse time in Los Angeles. Well, he Lance was going to be a, a free better agent. time. Huh? He was going to be a free agent. Lucas? They didn't trade away a guy they could right. have kept. No, no, I'm just, yeah, say, right. no, I'm just saying. I mean, I guess are, they could have done a qualifying agent. offer, but yeah. No, I'm just saying they, they could bring him back. They, they could bring him yeah. back. You know? Davis Martin uh, will probably be back but uh, uh, to answer Theo's question, but not right away. I don't, think he would be, I don't think he would be ready for opening day at all. Because when did he get Tommy John? Was that May? It's I, Memory serves May, okay. but I, so, I can look it up. Usually it's like a 12 to 14 month time. Right. Also, you don't want Davis Martin to be depended on. Right. Especially coming off of Tommy John surgery. Right. He, 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 had, he only threw a handful of starts in a year where he wasn't coming off of Tommy John surgery. He's not going to throw 25 right. in a year where he is coming off of, of Tommy John surgery. Yeah. So he's, he's an option, but not opening day option. So Cease, Kopech. Maybe Tukey. Mid-May. Maybe Jesse Schultz. Mid-May for Tommy John surgery for Mid-May. Davis Martin. So maybe June, maybe July for Davis Martin. We'll have to see. Um, but I don't know. It's just too early to tell. I, I don't know how serious – because Rick can move his way out of that. Like, you know, when they said it's viable but we have a lot to go, well, they're just kind of crashing to, like, nowhere right now. I mean, I think Fred said earlier the face plant to 100 losses, like – this hasn't been a good post-trade deadline run for the Sox. Hasn't been really encouraging for the Sox in any way. I mean, like, Kopech is supposed to be one of these guys that hopefully you could see something out of down this stretch, and you just have not. Um, I don't know. I don't know if this is extremely motivating to be like, oh, we're definitely going to be contenders in 2024. We need to go pour X amount of dollars into a number two starter for this team. Like, I, I don't know if there's going to be that motivation. Um, I, I wish there was because, again, the AL Central is the AL Central, but... I think the motivation is you've already spent the money on most of the team. And this I, was the investment you made. You made the investment. You're paying Yon Moncada $24 million next year. Yes, you are. You The only option right now is to hope that he's worth it. Right. But, I mean, is that the only risk they take? Is, like, maybe Moncada bounces back and then... We can accept the player option, and then maybe we add a pitcher in 2025 or whatever. Like, I, I, don't, I don't know if them spending on Moncada is going to force them to 
at a 18 AAV million dollar so, so pitcher what? or whatever. You're just paying, you, the, the best case scenario is that just some guys have a good season? Like, Yeah. I mean, I, I feel pretty bleak about this team, yeah. I'm just saying, you, you the, the White Sox have, have paid to have prime Moncada and prime Aloy and prime Robert. They've paid for this already. Prime Anderson if they pick up the option, right? Mm-hmm. They've paid for this stuff already. Like, they're, they're supposed to be the core of a all-star laden lineup. They're supposed to be the Braves. They're supposed and, to be. And that hasn't been the case, right. but they've already paid for it to be the case next year. So they have to hope that it happens next year. And so why wouldn't you give that, that team the best chance to, to win? Hope is a dangerous thing. I don't know. I yeah. just, I, I don't know how, I mean, Mankata has been okay. Like it, there's been some flashes, but yeah. we've, we've I mean, said that a lot. He hit the ball really hard today. Um, I would say that the reason why you go after it and set your budget to whoever where you need to is the guy in center field. You need for that guy to realize his potential and his potential is in the playoffs. People seeing him and not wasting his greatness on this garbage team. And so you owe it to Luis Robert Jr. to be the best you can be. And so push the pedal to the metal. Not go over the luxury tax or the whatever the competitive balance tax, but get as close as you can to that by spending money. And you're going to have to spend majority of that on the starting rotation. And I think most White Sox fans will be like, even if they don't win the Central, like, they'll be disappointed. But at least you tried. I think last year's offseason, everybody's like, eh, I didn't think you tried. You only got two people. If you go out and get three, four players via trade, via signing them, and you're trying to win the AL Central, while it's not the goal of White Sox fans to make the playoffs only, I think fans would be like, hey, it's a good effort. I appreciate what you're doing. Thank you for finally pushing it all in and trying to win with Luis Robert, not wasting his prime. And so when he leaves here, he'll still be a champion-ass player, but he'll go to some team that actually cares about him. Well, here's what I would say. In, you bring up the comparison between last offseason and what they're going to be facing this offseason. Last offseason, they're in a similar spot in the- they're in a similar spot than in that, what I was just talking about, right? Mm-hmm. They've got all these position players all over the field that aren't going anywhere, and they've, their, their main thing is, well, I hope that group gets better, right? Yeah. But compared to last season, you're saying, oh, you weren't impressed. The needs were not as dire, nor were they as focused last year. Okay. The needs that the White Sox had last year, and I think we spent a lot of the winter talking about it, were amorphous, you know what I mean? They need to get more you know, speed. They need to get more power. They need to get better at defense. They weren't a go out and get that position because if you don't get that position, there's nobody to play there kind of thing. And I think going into this offseason, there is a much clearer uh, thing that you can hold them to. They need starting pitching. Yes, They better go get starting pitching or you're going to be disappointed. That kind of thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Last year, they signed an all-star player in Andrew Benintendi, right? And last offseason. And it wasn't the player that, you know, fan XYZ Sean wanted, then that's fine. <laughs> but the point being is that they went out and they got a good player, but did they really need a left fielder? You know, they, they did, but the point being that, like, they could have moved some things around to fill those spots. This year, this winter, they don't go get starting pitching. They don't have a rotation. And so I think it makes it more much more easier to grade them and judge them based on the moves that they do or do not make this winter. And Tom says Trout and Otani are wasting their greatness. I don't necessarily think so that Angel fans are mad at Angel's ownership, 
because they've gone out and get Rendon, even though that hasn't worked. They've gone out and tried to get pitchers. It hasn't worked out. Lucas Giolito has been bad for them. I think Angels fans would say, hey, Artie Moreno, it sucks that we're not in the playoffs and that Otani's never been in the playoffs, but I would never have a problem with you doing what you have done. You spent a lot of money. You just haven't spent it wisely, and the, the deals that you have spent haven't come through. Rendon is a shell of himself. Uh, Lucas is getting crushed out there. And so I think Angels fans are disappointed that they're not making the playoffs because they got the best and the second-best player in, in baseball. But I don't think they're like, ownership, you suck. Or GM, you're not trying hard enough. They're just not getting the people to do what they need to do. I would have taken Rendon in a second here at the White Sox. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm not against adding talent. I would love to see it. I'm not I'm, – I mean, again, like the whole gripe with all-star – Andrew Benatendi being the... He is. He's been an all-star. Know. Like Ron that Coomer. Was a, that was the word Vinny used. Like Ron Coomer's been an all-star. He was an all-star. What do you want me to say? Just show it, Stephen. Come on. Uh, show the Benny bomb. For, for okay. reference. Yeah, because uh, there's the... Uh, our new Cubs release. The new Cubs the belly bomb. shirt for uh, Cody Ballinger. And, and Stephen made this, and then we forgot to show it. Uh, Benny bomb. Uh, you could put bombs, because there's been two. Um <laughs> Hit to do two double plays today too. Yeah, he did. Um, he was my click to or my pick to click. How that work? Benny bombed or whatever he we'd do. He was he was Rick <laughs> Hahn's off season click to pick. It didn't work out. Um, but the the frustration is just that Rick Hahn says, you know, we got to win the, the the fans trust back, and the only way we're going to do that is by winning. And then they just keep losing and losing and losing and losing and losing. And I like if they go out and add Lucas Giolito back. Are they really going to win? Like, I, I just don't know. I don't know why if they, I have That's faith. why they play the games. Yeah, I know. I just, yeah. I don't have faith they in, have not in given that you. They have not given you much reason to believe that they would start winning automatically. No. Mm-hmm. That was a good uh, cover of Springsteen, by the way, that you sent me. That re- uh, reason to believe cover. That, like, yeah. 80s, oh, yeah. like, country cover. Oh, yeah. You know, the Beat good. Farmers? Yeah, the Beat Farmers. Those first two albums by the Be- San Diego's own, Herb. Mm. Uh, uh, <laughs> first two albums are great. I got them both. Got mm. them both on vinyl. It's like good. Link, right? Like what? Like who? Blink-182. No, oh. beet farmers are better than them. Okay. But they're from San Diego. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Um, let's take a break, um, and we'll talk a little bit about our friends over at Sunnyside Cannabis Dispensary. Sunnyside is your home for judgment-free cannabis shopping, a place where all kind of visitors are welcome to explore, discover, and purchase a wide array of high-quality products. Sunnyside has everything you need to elevate your summer. It's a one-stop shop for all your cannabis needs, no matter where you are on your cannabis journey. They have easy online ordering and in-store pickup, and they have a great transparency. They have a great transparent loyalty program, Sunnyside Rewards, so you get rewarded for your cannabis purchase. And it's Illinois' favorite dispensary. Herbs is in Wrigleyville. I like the one out in Elmwood Park. Maybe you're a Wisconsinite, uh, or maybe you live near the uh, border. They got uh, shops all the way up to South Beloit up there. Um, And they had in-house brands like Mindy's, Good News, Cresco, High Supply, Floracal, Wonder, and Remedy to help you get what you need. And through August, head to sunnyside.shop and use code CHGO25 at uh, at checkout for 25% off your total order. One use per customer. It's not stackable with other promotions. That's not only for new customers. Anyone can use our code. Pick up everything you need to elevate your summer. Who her, who has made you feel good this week in Chicago sports? Uh, Elvis Andres. Oh, has he? Oh, man. Seeing him play every week, every day, on a team that doesn't play well, 
makes me feel nice and good inside. You'd like to smoke a joint with Elvis Andres, wouldn't you? I don't know if he smokes. I would. He's, well, he's, a, he's a veteran, though. He yeah, probably he, probably does an NJ. Loosen him up and uh, hear some stories. Why not? Uh, must be 21 plus or an Illinois med card. Talk Older. about Adrian Beltre <laughs> touching his head. Use code CHGO25 at checkout for 25% off your total order. Again, it's not stackable with other promotions, and that's not only for new, co- new customers. Anyone can use our code, so head to shenleyside.shop through August. Um, let's talk a little bit about Actually, I would ask Elvis. him how does uh do his hair. Because his wave. hair is always, man, get seasick while looking at his hair. <laughs> waves got- are for days uh do we do we have the waves in the king of the game photo uh feel free to play i don't know if on. we have the waves but we do have the okay. king of the game uh, well that's good uh we got the the, the lovely trumpet as well My goodness uh, elvis andrews is our king of the game uh one he temporary would have to be <laughs> one temporary lead when he gave the Sox a one nothing lead a uh home run on the first pitch off of peter lambert he went three for four today herb trashed old man elvis andrews on the uh the, the pregame show he and he showed out Hundredth home run of his career. Yeah, congratulations too. to you, sir. Look at that tip of the hat to our king of the game. Tip of the crown. There you go, to our king of the game, mm-hmm. Elvis Andrews. Also, want to let you know of the uh, king of uh, bar food. Uh, they've been in business for over forty years. Hooters is your spot to catch all the games uh, this season. Step up to our plate for world famous wings, delicious seafood, snack sandwiches, salads, and more. They have tons of great beer specials and six dollar drinks all day, every day. Check out our favorite. Uh, check out. Their seafood specials, you get uh, a pound of crab legs for nineteen eighty three a pound uh, and great prices on buffalo and steamed shrimp. Hooters is celebrating 40 years in business all year long and in honor of the anniversary on the 4th of every month. Hooters will be hosting throwback events, bringing back the 80s with 83-cent wings and other great specials. The next one is on September 4th, so check out OriginalHooters.com for more information and pick one of their 11 Chicago land locations. At Hooters, it's always easy to pick a winner. Um Winner, winner, chicken dinner as well. You can go get wings, which you guys had tonight, which were not Hooters wings, but all right. You could change it to winner, winner, crab legs dinner. That's true. It's only 1983. And the buffalo sauce there is insane. I got to say, like, just if if you're getting true buffalo sauce on any wings, I would take the Hooters buffalo sauce overall buffalo sauces. I mean, I I would venture to say that no easier combination has yielded a more tasty thing in human history than just butter, hot sauce, mix it together, you, boom, you got buffalo sauce. Sauce and dough, making I mean, a little bit of cheese. Pizza's pretty all right. Or did you just say two things? I said two, yeah. All right. Well, yeah, never it's, mind. That's three things. Yeah, <laughs> it is. I'm, I don't know how to count. Um, you know what's two things? Hmm. Uh, Lenin Sosa hitting the ball hard. Uh, 106.9 mile per hour exit velocity uh, in the third inning off Peter Lambert, and then in the fifth inning, a line out at 105.9. Uh, great radio station uh, with WBBM, right, on the FMs? It is. Right? Uh, so uh, wow. Lenin didn't get a hit, but hit the ball hard. And uh, old Brenton Doyle out there was robbing hits left and right. He was. He um, good. What do we make of Lenin's comeback? I like it. I like him attacking the ball and hitting the ball hard. Yeah, that, that outfielder is just ridiculous. Their outfield in general is great. Uh, it's got to be Chuck, there. Yeah, Chuck Nasty was catching a couple ones, and uh, it's tough to tough to get a hit when you hit it that hard, 107 miles per hour. It wouldn't have been out of any ballpark, but he hit it like 380 feet in the air. And so I would love to see this a little bit more because if he's bringing a little bit different uh, profile than what a regular second baseman the White Sox usually throw out there in the singles that Elvis usually hits or Zach Rimmelar with his bunts. I just want to see somebody else with some future on the White Sox do something. And as we go over every time, process over results, that is a hard hit ball. 
and more likely than not, that ball's going to drop in. I think it had an expected uh, batting average over 800. So mm-hmm. it's a really good thing to see that Lenin Sosa has come up here and started attacking the ball. I want to see him tomorrow in the lineup, Sunday in the lineup. When Tim comes back, whenever he comes back, Elvis to the bench or DFA'd, more Lenin Sosa. And see what he can do for the rest of the year. If he can't do anything for the rest of the year, you know. And you maybe go a different way. If he gives you glimpses of what he can maybe do in 2024, you still might go and look at a second baseman shortstop to replace him or to replace Elvis. But you can also say, hey, just as they did with Romy, as uh, Vinny brought up, and I had forgot that Romy Gonzalez was going to be the second baseman. It was the second baseman. Ben Zobrislake. Of uh, the White Sox until they got uh, Elvis Andres. But you could have that in your back pocket and say, huh, if we strike out with our second base target, we can have Lenny Sosa, and I think we'll be fine if he plays down the stretch like he has been today and hitting the ball with authority. Let's see. Let's yeah. see. Uh, you know, I mean, he's got, I believe, a couple of home runs in his major league career, as, as brief as it has been. Uh, but really, other than, than those two moments, the, the results have been pretty poor at the major league level. Uh, Herb, obviously, like you said, uh, you know, describing that <laughs> this was a expected batting average of 800. That probably should have been an extra base hit mm-hmm. for Lenin Sosa, so that would have been a good result and a good start to his third stint. I believe it's his third stint at, up here at the big league level. Um but we'll see. Uh, and, and, you know, Sean, you read some of those AAA numbers on the pregame show. They were good, but not great kind of thing. You're, the on-base percentage well below 300. Um, that sort of thing is not going to fly at the major league level. Uh, you know, that's the, not the kind of thing. Again, we're talking about, oh, boy, Jesse Schultz has looked good and Tuki Toussaint's looked good. Do you trust either of them to, to make 32 starts next year? Nope. Do you trust Lenin Sosa to start 150 games next year at second base with what you've seen so far, with, with even some of those AAA numbers? Again, you got, you're going to need some certainty if you're going to compete. Now, if you're going to be willing to say, all right, 2024, just run out there and see how good you can be kind of thing, then sure, this can be the start of a longer journey for Lenin Sosa. But um, right now, this is the opportunity he's got. you got to show something in order to um, talk about winning a job. Pedro Grafol in, in Colorado talking to the reporters out there about competing for a job not just this year but next year. Uh, yeah, you got to do that and do that now. That, that, that definitely starts now because the winter is going to come and they're going to have moves to make. And if they want to go out and get another second baseman, Lenin Sosa's got to give them a pretty compelling reason here over the last month to not do that. We don't need to see Oscar Colas, too, here. Um, I think it's pretty clear that 2023, they probably should have started somebody else in right field. I guess they started Romy Gonzalez uh, in right field <laughs> on opening day. Um, but you know, I mean, again, Colas, like- Colas earned that spot. I mean, he had a very good spring. Yes. And, and he, play, he played well in the minor leagues last year. He earned that shot. But, boy, was he bad in April. And he hasn't been very – any really any better since he came back from the minor leagues so he earned that shot I wouldn't say he was the wrong guy to put to put there but again it's about the certainty right even though he did well in in the minors last year you went into the winter and you had no idea what he was going to do in the major leagues this was always a possibility you know what I mean and I think that had they gone out and done what you said what you wanted go get a proven right fielder somebody that can play out there it was not going to be a very high possibility that they were going to play as poorly as Oscar Colas has played. So the second base will be the same story this offseason, right? Do you want to give Lenin Sosa a shot? Do you think he's earned the shot? Okay, but 
that kind of season is going to be a possibility and a higher risk of such a thing than if you were to give it to a proven uh, veteran. And the White Sox have way too many question marks going into next year, even though those are solid positions. Like, we know who's playing the positions, but the question mark at second base, still question mark in right field, question mark at catcher, and the three uh, starting pitcher spots, and we haven't gone over the bullpen, people. I wanted some more exclamation points. Luis Roberts, exclamation point. You got one. One. Yeah. Like, give me a person that's like, yes. I don't need more. That's what I was half of the reason why I was off on Oscar Cola. Like, that was a question mark. We had two question marks, Alessandris uh, and, um, and Oscar Colas, and then a bunch of other players like, well, if they stay healthy type of thing. We have way too many of that already still. So give me some exclamation points in there and say, that right fielder is going to put up X number. We know at the bottom of his uh, production is going to be this, and that's going to be solid for us. Same thing with second base. And if you want to go with Corey Lee next year or whatever catcher you want to go with, fine, but don't have, like, question mark in right field, question mark at second base, question mark at catcher still. When you have third baseman's a question mark, the shortstop's a question mark, the first baseman's a question mark, the left field's a question mark, the DH is a question mark. That's the whole team except one guy. Exactly. That's ridiculous. Have some exclamation points, damn it. 26, 26 games under 500. Oh exclamation. Uh, it hasn't <laughs> been fun. Uh, let's take a quick break, and then uh, I'm going to steal a bit. Okay. We got over 50 people on, a late, on a late night Friday night. You I guys joked, are insane. Thank I, you. Though. I choked and said that we would only get 10 likes. We're at 21. Y'all, y'all people are amazing. Appreciate it, guys. Uh, the, yeah, the owner is a question mark, too, for sure. Uh, let's take a quick break and let you know about FOCO. Uh, get fit in the best sports gear around. Hoodies, shoes, signs, bobbleheads, and everything in between. It is baseball season, so get your Aloha shirts, straw hats, polos, bags, everything you need for a game. And we got some lovely set decorations, the South Paul one and the TA one. I think he's in Studio B. He walked to Studio B? B? Oh, he's right there. Oh, oh, there he is. Um, he walked to the shelf. Foco has donated <laughs> some few uh, amazing pieces, not only for our set, but also so from uh, the Cubs set, uh, the Sox set, the Hawks set. So check out Foco.com or click the link in the description below. For online preset items, just the promo code CHGO for 10% off. Also want to let you know about our guy bed check charlie who is oh god oh, bed check charlie oh, no. is it bed check charlie <laughs> yes <All right. laughs> the mascot of uh, lewis university students are just like you over <laughs> Steven at lewis wasn't here for bed check charlie yeah fine bed check charlie uh I'll, I'll have something for that in a second <laughs> are just like you they have full-time jobs families full-time sports uh fandoms as well so go back to school to earn a respected degree at lewis university it's 35 miles southwest of chicago in romeoville and it's ranked as one of new u.s news and world reports top tier colleges Excuse me. If you're looking to complete your bachelor's degree or master's degree or enroll in a professional certificate program, Lewis has the right programs for you. Again, uh, my cousin Maggie finished up her bachelor's degree at Lewis. She didn't love her first choice, spent two years at that college, and then moved to Lewis and truly has excelled uh, not only at Lewis but post-Lewis. My guy Ashish is getting his master's degree. Uh, my, my 7-Eleven clerk uh, is finishing up. Uh, he already got his bachelor's degree in India. He's come over and is going to Lewis now, uh, working at my local 7-Eleven, finishing up his master's degree at Lewis. Or you can enroll in a professional certificate program. Our favorite, of course, the Aviation Maintenance Technology Certificate. Uh, you can get an accelerated degree completion programs like computer science, business analytics, criminal justice, business program, and technology programs with the adult undergraduate programs. Um, and again, you can get uh, certificates uh, in uh, many different, uh, several career-focused programs. So discover how a degree from Lewis can help you build a better world. Learn more at lewisu.edu slash you can do this. No bed check, Charlie? 
Found him. Hey, oh. bed check, Charlie. Oh, <laughs> I'm going to sleep. God damn. Give me the chills. Get out yeah. of my room. Justin's putting his newborn asleep. Please do not bed check Charlie or newborn. Hey, uh, this is, when, when it's 11 o'clock and you've been, you've been going, at, going at this all day, you need to bed check Charlie to, to yeah. wake you up. Yes, you I'll do. peer out my window and jolt bed you, check jolt Charlie's going to be there. <laughs> That'll get you, get you to the end of the show. Uh, finally, uh, we do have a great event coming up. On August 25th, we are we got a, a limited amount of tickets left, so make sure that you act fast. Uh, I think the date to, to stop selling tickets is coming up, too. So if you have been mulling or uh, waiting around for the decision, CHGO Kickoff Classic at Cog Hill is coming up August 25th, 9 a.m. is our shotgun start time with ticket. You get uh, 18 holes and a cart. You get exclusive pins and aces golf towel for all players. There'll be some hole contests along the way. There'll be some giveaways and prizes, and there'll be lunch, drinks, and a ceremony after the round. And if you are a diehard, uh, you get 20% off to this event. And if you're not, check out allchgo.com. We obviously have podcasts and live shows on every team every single day. It's a Friday. We're usually Sunday through Thursday. But, hey, we're here uh, putting in the work after a 14-to-1 loss. Uh, but we got uh, bear shows covering tomorrow's preseason game as well, post-game shows for that preseason game and all teams, uh, premium written content for members at allchgo.com. Uh, we got some dope merch at our CHGO Locker, and you get a free shirt when you become a member. So check out uh, those great T-shirts on uh, chgolocker.com. And if you like going enough, Sign up to become a diehard today. You get 20% off to our events like the CHGO Kickoff Classic and access to our members-only Discord, the CHGO Lounge. So head over to allchgo.com to become a diehard today, and you'll get a nice little welcome box there with some stickers, uh, a membership card, your T-shirt, and a whole bunch of swag. Um, finally, I'm going to steal a bit. Jay Zawoski introduced uh, Bet Check Charlie to us, and uh, since the White Sox season has turned for the worse, I didn't think that we would have to be doing this but unfortunately, it's tank time. Do we get the fun animation? Yeah! Let's go. Oh. Right. 2023 NHL draft. Well, so, yeah. Um, Let's we, go. We, we did steal this, and it worked well gotcha. for the CHGO Blackhawks team. Uh, so We all know what happened at the 2023 NHL draft. Connor Bedard. So, Stephen, thank you for reminding us. Yeah, I mean, I might be the good luck charm. It's true. Just the Blackhawks shows. All the post game, yeah. Is there, is I'm on the White Sox show. They suck too. And would you look here? We got the MLB tank standings. White Sox made the list. They're number four. They're number four. And, and we talked about this with the records. The White Sox can be three with a real bad series here in Colorado. Right now, Oakland after 121 games, they're at 34 and 87 with a 21, 28.1 percent win percentage. It's not good. Running away with it, like Herb said. Though to be fair. <laughs> In a much better spot than they were earlier in the season. That's true. Uh, <laughs> Kansas City's been hot as of late. They just beat the Cubs uh, 124, 124 games. They're 40 and 84, uh, 32.3% win percentage. Uh, Colorado, 122 games, 47 and 75, 38.5% win percentage. And uh, White Sox, 122 games, 48 and 74, 39.3% win percentage. I brought up the whole thing from John Greenberg in the Athletic Today. Um, the Cubs and Rockies were going into the final. Uh, end of the 2012 season, both teams had a 59 and 94 record. The Cubs lost all three games. They got the number two pick. They got the ability to draft Chris Bryant. So we didn't think we'd be talking about take standings, but here we are. If the White Sox lose, they could possibly get in themselves a, a Chris Bryant over a John Gray if uh, they lose enough games. So Herb, are you for it? I'm for it. But okay. as, is there, as we're saying, this is the equivalent to the Blackhawks, is there a Connor Bedard type player in this draft? No. 
is there a Chris Bryant type player in this draft that we can get to the number two pick? I don't know. Let's no. also remember too, like the NHL, baseball now has a lottery. Mm. Well, that's true, and that's yes. what we're going to be stealing here because what they used to do is they would uh, they do two rolls. What was the well? Okay, the the spins were contingent on the number of likes that we got. Okay, okay. So currently we're at twenty four likes. That's so that's we get twenty four spins. That's no, no, just going to no, take be, forever, isn't be it? Two spins. So uh, yeah, in this scenario, if we got to thirty likes, we would get two spins, or if we didn't, we would just get the one. I I, I would say, how about for each ten likes, we get a spin. Okay. So if they get up to thirty spins, we'll do three spins. Okay, I'm game okay. for that. All right. Um, so I, I, there isn't a Connor Bedard, and that's the whole thing about MLB is it's tough to figure out who are going to be the great guys. There's, what, two guys that have been selected number one overall and are Hall of Famers? Yeah. Ken Griffey Jr. and Harold Baines. Okay. So there you go. And I don't know one, if one of those guys would contend Harold Baines. It, um, but I know those two are in the Hall of Fame. But yeah, I, first picks. I don't think there's a lot of them. Uh, so it, it's never a guarantee that you're going to be getting a franchise changer. Um, but let's play some fun because it's still right. a thing. I mean, if you want to vamp a little oh, bit longer, we're already up are we 28. Doing it? Are we doing it? Oh, oh, 28 likes. Well, no, we'll, we'll do the first two rolls, and then we'll, we'll, we'll try to get two more likes. So make sure you're hitting that thumbs up button. Uh, but, Steven, if you're ready, I, I'm ready to roll. Um, so... Oakland at one, Kansas City at two, Colorado at three, White Sox at four, St. Louis at five. Uh, the and this Sox has right not now, been updated f- for, for tonight. tonight. No, oh, this it is hasn't. coming into today. Yeah, the, uh, the ranking or the standings are the same. Uh, yeah. The only thing that's different here is the win percentage, but that won't affect the sure the odds for any of these sure. four teams. So the Sox have a thirteen point two five percent chance to win the lottery. The top three teams have a 16.5% chance to win the lottery, so that's also part of the reason why you kind of want so to lose to Colorado. So if you have the third worst record, it's just as good as having the, the worst record. Yes. yes. Oh, man, that so, sucks for the A's. It, it does. Um, <laughs> you want to sim it up, Stephen? I'm hey, ready. we got it sharing on the st- screen. we got one more like away. We're closing in on an hour, so I feel like I failed as a host. <laughs> All right, here's the first one. Big, big, I, big I, money, I'm giving a really money. weird no, we got a dislike. Big money, big money. And Oakland oh, gets we the lost first pick. Four. Uh, Colorado two. So there you go. If the Sox were at three, they'd have the second overall pick in this in, in, in this. Yes. Yeah, if, if yeah. the game this season, if this was the last series, you see him all the way down the there at five. Yeah. Ugh, so uh, St. Louis, uh, who is at five, jumps up to three. Kansas City goes down to four, and the Sox uh, end up at five. Um, so let's uh, reset this and let's uh, get another sim here. So this is the second spin. We're at 29, 29 likes, so one more like would be very huge to get a third spin. Simming the lottery now. And the Sox are two. Second overall go. pick. Uh, and the, this is a good this, – this computer likes the Cardinals. Yeah. Uh, Cardsbot. <laughs> it's better to be fifth. I am Cardsbot. <laughs> Take your hat off during the anthem. <laughs> I remember the glory days of Edgar Renteria. <laughs> <laughs> we love Joe, Super Joe McEwing. I was going to make a Joe McEwing joke, too. Okay. Nice. How about uh, Jose Akendo? <laughs> Um, St. Louis is the number one overall pick. We can't in even the get spin. a thirty-one because somebody keeps on going down. Stop doing the th- thumbs down, you jerk, and go thumbs up. So we, we can give our third people thing. watching. One of you hasn't liked it. One Come more. On. Uh, call your friend and tell them to give call us a your thumb. neighbors. St. <laughs> <laughs> Louis is the number one overall pick. Sox at two, Detroit at three, Oakland at four, Kansas City at five. There and there's is. number thirty. There it is. Hey, right. uh, we'll reset what the lotto. Sox need to get number one overall pick and. uh Alex is asking for a card spot t-shirt. <laughs> big money, big money, big money, big right. money. No whammies. 
no whammy. Stop. Stop it up. No. Oh, the Tigers. Look uh, at the Tigers. Yeah. I don't like that. So Good Tigers enough. jump mm. six spots up to number one. Oakland at two. Uh, Pittsburgh at three. Sox stay at four. Kansas City at five. Um, so this is your new glimpse into the future. This is what we're going to be doing at the end of every show. Oh, God, every show. Every show. I don't think we need to this do that. This is a reality. This is, this is what we've turned into. You'll be at the ballpark most games, so you don't have to worry. Mm. Um, anyways, we appreciate everyone for hanging out with us on this tough Friday night after the Sox lose 14-1, to 1, but some good conversation had by all. That's Vinny Duber. You can follow him on X at Vinny Duber. He's our CHGO White Sox beat writer. Steven Nicholas shaving, shaking his head behind the camera. What's up with X now? Looks X. like it, your phone is dirty. Oh, yeah, you get right. That? It's, like, glitchy? No, no, no. So they went from a solid back black background to, like, one that's, like, stylized, and it looks, I don't know, it looks like, you know, skate, shaved ice or, like, scratched or something. But I just look down, and I feel like my phone is dirty or broken. I don't think mine up. You don't have that? No. It's or just... you see, see what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah, I see yeah. it. Oh, I thought, I thought you have a scratch in your that's thing. That's what I'm yeah. saying. His ex... Yeah, just have right a there. yeah. Where your little oh, app oh, is at? Oh, yeah. yeah, no, 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 no. So that's it funny because like your phone is broken. I thought it was glitching. So like my my logo is very much black, but then when I click on it, it updates to that. Yeah. So then it looks like it's it's glitching. It looks like ugly. I have a scratch on my phone. It's I irritating. Did a shortcut, so I changed it back to the regular Twitter uh, theme. Nice. There you go. Because every time I open it, it says shortcut into X. Because <laughs> I can't stand that X logo. No, it's stupid. And well, the owner's dumb, too. And the, the, you put them next to the Xfinity app, and they look exactly the same. Just one's purple. Have you ever tried to spell words on your with your apps? Uh, with I, the app placement of the... You, you could spell words. Do you? No, I've done it accidentally before, oh, but okay. yeah. Right. Oh, what's your just favorite saying, word to spell? It's kind of fun. Well, it has to be a four-letter word, obviously. Oh, okay. No, not a, a swear. A just it has <laughs> to be four letters, right? Yeah, okay. so... All right, well, I don't know any apps that have... Letters is their app, whatever. We're going to do that next week. We're going to uh, favorite letters only, like a favorite letter icon only there you go. for their apps. Super. Um, that's Herb. You can follow him on Twitter at Ectorwall23. I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. You can follow the show at CHG underscore White Sox. Thank you, everyone, for hanging out with us. We'll talk to you on Sunday. Goodbye. <laughs>